You're listening to World of Empowerment Radio. Your station for practical spirituality in a changing world. And here are your hosts, Angel Rose and Ahanu. Well, you're all very, very welcome back to our sessions, our weekly recordings and podcasts on the Honest to God series. And I'm here with Angel Rose, who's going to give us an update on what's been happening in the recent months, which has really been amazing. And we're not going to be able to cover it all in the short period of time that we have available today. But we have documented it on our website by way of a short little video. And it's only three minutes, but it is a wonderful snapshot of what has gone on in the last few months. We also have with us in the studio today, Clayton Tanner. And Clayton is going to be telling us all about his wonderful meditations. And this is something that I consider to be a radical change from the traditional view and way and technique of meditation that we're all familiar with. He's developed new ways of doing things, new ways of messing to them through meditations. And you have to listen to them. They are absolutely wonderful. We will come to him shortly. Right now, Angel Rose, you're laughing at me because you called me Anu. Explain. Oh, we don't have time for that, Ahanu, but basically Anu was one of the original Anunnaki quote-unquote gods who were, were all trying to free ourselves from his influence on the human race. But that's another story, another day, another, another day, another dollar, Ahanu. Can't go into that today. But what has happened, still living in California, only we've moved to a beautiful location overlooking some mountains and palm trees, a very more country spot than where we were. We've spent time in Ireland and we've started a project with the earth grids, which that would take too long also. We will address that another time. It was a very magical time. We will be going back to Europe this summer to continue that project and we'll have updates on that as we go. So what I always used to talk about, the weather, the San Diego weather. Remember, Hanno? I'd start every show with the San Diego weather. But it's hot today, folks. If you're back on the East Coast and you're still freezing or cold, it's too hot here. So I'm going to complain about it's probably in the high 80s, I'd say. For the hot subject and the hot person who we have with us today in the studio, Clayton Tanner. And he is hot with his meditations. And really, really, I'm looking forward to getting into that with him. But do tell us very, very briefly what you have done with your whole new approach on the website also, World of Empowerment. What is it that you've, you're trying to present there to people? Well, we're redoing our website, Tahano, and updating it to focus more on our service to others with the wide variety of information we have. We've made... Oh, we've made our podcast of all the Akashic Record sessions, very affordable. We're going to be creating different types of online mini classes based on information sources brought through, through the Akashic Records. So people will have that to look forward to as well. It's getting a whole new face and we're not completely finished, but it will be more service oriented, easier for people to avail themselves of the information that's there. All right, so Clayton Tanner, what can we say about him? 
He's a young, very handsome man of 38 years old. He's been on a spiritual path really ever since he was small. His parents used to nickname him Little Old Man, Little Sage, because he had this wisdom about him that he brought in with him from the get-go. So he's a bit of ahead of the posse when it comes to enlightenment and his ability to manifest. I believe it... Oh, 16 or 17, he was channeling a golden energy that came to him directly from Jesus. And I have experienced that. I guess that's wrong. He's shaking his head no, so that's not right. He'll clarify that, okay, for us. Oh, 18, he was 18. But anyway, he is a master manifester and a very spiritual individual. So with that being said, uh-huh. Can introduce Clayton. Okay, Clayton Tanner, do start off though by telling us about what brought you into this this business. Let's call it, for want of a better word. I mean, you went through a rough time, didn't you? You, you, there was parts of your childhood that were were pretty rough and raw. So tell us about that, and then how how you moved into the meditation and the benefit that you got from that. I think starting out, um. I moved around a lot when I was a younger child. My parents divorced when I was two. They both remarried, had their own family. So I've kind of had two families for as long as I can remember. So I've been a pretty good at juggling, I guess you could say. I had a uh, moving around a lot makes it kind of hard to stay connected with people, especially back in those days. There was no Facebook, no cell phones, no internet really. So I spent a lot of time. By myself. It's like every time I go somewhere new, I'm just in a process of recreating all over again. You got to go out and make new friends. You know, you find new things to do, new people and stuff. As far as the meditation goes, I've actually been doing that forever. I mean, I think my most favorite thing I ever did was uh, part of this nature society when I lived in Delaware. And all I did was go and catch snakes and turtles and bats and groundhogs and get in all sorts of trouble. And it was the most fun, really. I had a a very good friend of mine at the time who was uh, very mischievous and showed me how to do a whole lot of stuff that you could probably get thrown in jail for knowing now. But it was a bunch of fun. And I was only there for a couple of years. And then I moved to uh, Illinois. I want to say I was probably about 11 or 12 when I got there. And um, the neighborhood I was in, I wouldn't say it was really rough, like city rough, but it definitely wasn't really mild or nice. I mean, it was very melting potish. There was a lot of... Uh, there's definitely a lot of crime in our neighborhood. Um, a lot of people living on top of each other, kind of. It had a, a little bit of a not-so-healthy ghetto feel to it. Um, and I want to say probably when I was about 17 or 18, I got introduced to Reiki, and I became a teacher doing that. And then um, I started teaching all my friends. I would literally have them all come over, probably... 13 of them at a time and just do a two minutes and it's funny because you channel energy like that you end up being up for days I was up for like three days straight with no sleep and nothing I did seemed to calm me down but I've been using it every day in every aspect of my life you know and um, the principles of Reiki are pretty basic actually there's just five of them it's like just for today I will not be angry just for today I will not worry just for today I'll be kind to every living thing just for today I will do my work honestly um, just for today, I will give thanks for my many blessings. And I think when you just start really doing all those, it starts to change in you. When you get, you stop seeing, stop seeing 
all the little things in the world that upset you. Now, don't get me wrong. I still get very upset. I mean, you should, you don't want to be driving with me in a car, but that is pretty much the truth. So, um, fast forward now and I'm in California. I did a stint in New Mexico for about, um, eight or nine years and now I'm in San Diego and I was managing this wine bar for a really long time and I, and I liked it, except I realized it just really wasn't me anymore. And a friend of mine was like, Hey, you know, you've, You've been teaching this for a long time. He's like, you should make this full time. So that kind of started the whole snowball effect. And um, I put together all these different meditations that I use daily, and I just like to really share them with the world. I mean, um, a lot of people think you've got to do something consistently for a very long time to get results, and I don't feel that's true at all. I feel like the universe is this big, gigantic canvas. And um, your paintings don't have to be meticulous. They just have to be direct. So that's what I've done. I've created meditations for all sorts of different things, really. So describe to us what actually happens. Because you, you go to a particular place on the coast in Southern California, Sunset Cliffs, I think you call it. And describe to us what actually happens when you get there. And, you know, the process, how the actual meditation comes to you. Like, does it come up from the earth? Does it come down from the sky? Do you, you see it in your mind? Describe that process to us. And then... And then explain one of them to us. Well, usually when I get to Sunset Cliffs, it's a beautiful day, and right away you feel the ocean, and it's, when you're facing the ocean and your back is to civilization, it's kind of like this um, little bridgeway between everything that's man-made and created and artificial, and everything that is still relatively untouched, like, you know, yes, we're messing up the oceans, but you can never take that away. It's like a mountain. You're not going to knock down the Rocky Mountains never going to take that away so you're just like at this split little plane and what I do is I sit down and I get really comfortable and I just start breathing and then I start thinking and then I start feeling okay and I think that's the most important thing that people miss you know you can think whatever you want but really ultimately how you feel about it's going to dictate its reality and sometimes when I sit down the meditations do come up from the earth and sometimes when I sit down they do come from the sky or sometimes they come right off the ocean and just hit me like a wave and I just let that happen and then I start I mean probably my favorite meditation that I've used the most is uh, the beam of loving light you basically project you know you visualize this beam of white light coming out of your heart and hitting your hands and going up like this pillar in front of you and you just take people's faces that you love and put them in there and you see them smiling you see them happy you say thank you and you move on and you try to do this for every single person you can think of whether you have a good relationship with them or a bad relationship with them it doesn't really matter and just by doing that you do a couple things you reach out and touch whoever in a very positive way but you also fill yourself with this incredible capacity to love and the more you do this the more you start to see that so yeah. Is the experience for you different every time you go to Sunset Cliffs? I mean, do, do you find yourself repeating the same meditations or is it always new and creative for you every time? Sometimes I'll create the same meditations. Sometimes I'll, I'll take the certain things that I do and I'll do them over and over. Like if I'm working on something specific or if I know somebody who's sick or if I feel that the world just needs a certain something somewhere. Then I'll be very focused. And sometimes when I go there, I just open myself up to the universe to teach me something new. I kind of feel like you you keep driving the same car until you need a new one. Okay? You know, like everything evolves. 
everything grows. So the meditations that I was doing at the beginning of last year have all evolved into something new. Now, I've recorded all of those because I think it's very important that people start somewhere. But what happens is they become more clear. They become bigger. You affect them better. And where back in the day I used to spend 30 minutes thinking one thing, now I get those down to about 5 to 10 minutes. You know, you just channel that quick. You feel it in you. Your energy goes right up through the roof, whatever you're focusing on creates, and then you're done. Now, I want to ask you about where people can get access to those meditations. But before we get to that, tell us about the meditation, the DNA meditation. It was one you mentioned to us before we came into the studio, and I was fascinated by that. I thought it was an absolutely amazing thing. Tell us a little bit about that one. Sure. Well, the whole background of it, to change anything in your life, like you are what you're seeing in the mirror, but that's really your DNA, which is this double helix. For people who don't know, um, our solar system is actually traveling towards Sirius A, which is the middle star in Orion's belt, in the same exact pattern, same exact, that DNA is formed in your body. That's kind of a cosmic thing. So the other night I was thinking, how do you really get down and, and change what's really going on inside of you at the root level? And then I thought root. And then I thought cellular. And then I was just sitting there and I had my right hand open, palm up, and I just saw this like double helix come out of it. And I thought, oh my God. So what I did is I visualized that. And then I started putting into there all these things in my life that I felt I wanted. Like I wanted to feel more happiness, more joy. I wanted to project more love. So I saw myself with all those things inside this double helix. And you focus on that for about 10 minutes and then you kind of breathe it back into you so to speak. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. Wow. So your meditations then, Clayton, are not the traditional form of meditation that we've all been brought up to understand, you know, where somebody might go into a, a trance-like state or a deep meditative type of alpha brainwave state. Yours are actually eyes open, conscious, aware, manifesting in your mind type of meditations. Is that correct? In fact, you even mentioned one to us earlier about one that you do in the shower. Tell us about that one. The shower one is great. Um, I like it because the whole, I mean, why do you step in a shower? It's to get clean. So it's the best way to start your day is to get clean. And basically what I do is I stand facing away from the shower head so the water's kind of hitting me in the back of the head. And uh, as it's falling over me, I picture this beautiful white light coming down coming down to my feet and then coming all the way back up and out of me. And I visualize myself being clear and happy. And um, I do that for like, I don't know, five minutes when I'm in there. And it, I think it makes a fabulous difference. I definitely know that, notice the days that I do that versus the days that I don't do that. And as far as the difference in my meditations, yes. I mean, will you catch me on the cliff zenning out with my eyes closed? Of course. Why? Because it feels good and for no other reason than that, you know, and sometimes it really helps to get a nice focus on what it is you're trying to create. However, this world is moving and in motion. So if you want to take something and make it real, especially with a concept like manifesting, you need to be moving. Okay, I mean, and your eyes need to be open. And the universe, like I said earlier, is this big canvas. It doesn't need a lot, you know. So you can sit there and try for an hour to create the most perfect love of your life, but it's way easier just to set that intention and trust, have a little bit of faith. So I'd like to know, Clayton, since you had such a um, disruptive childhood, let's just say, and you look back on yourself back then and you compare yourself to your life today, can you 
Okay, well, let me let me put it this way. You know, there's people who think that everything we experience in our life was, a, you know, a type of destiny. You know, it was meant to be the circumstances, the parents, and all of that. Okay, so can you look back and see any sort of a pattern of evolution in yourself going back to even your teenage years up until what you're doing now? Because it sounds like through these meditations you're creating that you're deliberately causing a lot more powerful change in your life than maybe you would have in the past. Is that correct or not? And maybe even just before you answer that, Clayton, if I could just put in there, that when you talk about these meditations, I feel an energy coming from you. I feel an excitement. I feel a kind of an inner knowing. Whereas when you're in the wine bar, for example, the energy is completely different. Well, that's correct. I mean, when you're in a wine bar, you're surrounded by people who are drinking. So obviously there's going to be a little bit of a different feeling there. Though I do very much like that, to be honest. I'm very clear. To get back to what Angel said, um, I've always been me. I can look all the way back to my very first memory, and I've always felt the same way and thought the same way. In terms of my evolution, like, I don't even feel older. Like, people tell me I'm 38 years old. I don't feel a day older than 16, and I do my very best to act like it. <laughs> I would say uh, that in my earlier years, however, what has changed is I was um, very hot-headed. I was very, um, very ready to fight the power so to speak. Like I could look at an instant injustice, want to change it right away, and it would make me mad, you know, like insatiably mad. Like I could see like somebody hurting an animal and I would go crazy. Or, you know, people being mean to my sisters got me into a lot of fights growing up. And it's one of those, I don't even want to ask questions. I just want to go and handle that kind of business, which I think is a, a very lower way to handle things. And I would say the difference now in my changes, I realize that if we're ever gonna, we're ever gonna fix it down here on Earth, we all gotta do it. Like it can't just be a couple people. It's not gonna be one world leader, one nation. It's gonna be all of us. It's gonna be human beings we need to recap their love and give it voice and honor it. And until that happens, um, we're gonna see the same kind of garbage going on down here. And I think we don't have that much time because uh, Mother Earth's really not gonna tolerate our kind of misbehavior too much longer. You know, I mean. Truthfully, we're just ants on her, but you get enough ants together and they itch. Sooner or later they bite, and sooner or later it becomes a real annoyance. You know, and that's, that's kind of my fear. You know, that's been the pattern, hasn't it, throughout history, is humanity gets to a certain point of technology, of awareness, and they take that technology and they use it to create more weapons of mass destruction and see how far they can go and how sophisticated they can get to mess with people's consciousness and minds. And then it all gets, the slate gets wiped clean. And then the slate gets wiped clean. And just as he said, Mother Earth, or somebody, it may not be entirely Mother Earth, it could be, oh, no. Anu <laughs> <laughs> could come back around on his, his little serious, or his little Nibiru boat, Anu. And say, you know what, let's just wipe them all clean and start over. Usually it does that, though, when we start waking up, okay, when these these Anunnaki gods come back and uh, decide to wipe the slate clean so that it can begin a new slave race all over again. So my concern is, you know, when we're talking down at the level where 
uh, Clayton is is manifesting. But in you know, the, it's an interesting comparison between human the kind of humanity that comes in a wine bar and just wants to get an escape from their lives temporarily, or certainly myself with all the readings that I do for people. So I have done readings at Clayton's Wine Bar. And people are still mainly, they're not concerned about their spirituality. They're concerned about their their love life or if they're going to have uh, more money or if they're going to get that promotion. They're still, not that those things are not important because the truth is, is everybody really does need love and acceptance, no matter what level you're functioning. But I would like to ask Clayton, when he was working there as a manager and he noticed this, and then we talk about the fact that people need to, you know, really kind of get get a hold of themselves, really. You know, when we're talking about these meditations that are manifesting and what Clayton's really doing is becoming a conscious creator, a deliberate creator every day using the powers that we're all born with. So I guess in that context with what Clayton has seen from the normal humanity that comes in a, a wine bar to the thing that he's doing now that he actually broke away from the wine bar because he was making a decision to become more spiritual. I guess my thought is what do you what do you think Hanu and Clayton about what chance do we have for people who are really willing to transform the planet and transform their lives in that way. What's your thoughts, Aha? Well, I think that's a great question. And it's one that does come up quite frequently because uh, many, many people want to know about the economic future of the world and the aggressive behavior of some countries towards others and imminent hostilities and world wars and all kinds of manipulation and theories that are going on about the future. But one of the things that I find always, always, always fascinates me is that there is this creative power in humanity that really yearns for peace and love and connection. And it's those people who I think are making the change, albeit unconsciously a lot of the time. But it's this inbuilt attention to an inner creative power, a connection inside of us that is built on peace and love and joy, even though it sits side by side with that aggressive nature of ours. So I think, though, that more and more people are starting to understand that beautiful, wonderful, life-giving connection to God source that's inside of us more than they are the, the hostile nature of ourselves. And also the thing about men, and I wrote a whole book about this called The The Reincarnation of Columbus, where it was about men's inability to cry. And what we're finding now is that more and more men are attending various metaphysical sessions and more and more are attending various kinds of holistic events and doing inner work. And Clayton Tanner, who's with us today, is talking about this. He's the embodiment of somebody who's paying attention to his inner nature and listening closely to his own self as he goes down to sunset cliffs and really, really connects with that inner power. And uh, Except if you get him on the road, huh? 
if you get him. You don't want to be the car in front of him. Just your thoughts about what kind of people that you witnessed in wine steals, as opposed to, you know, people who are. Well, you made a, a change to do deliberately made a change to go more spiritual, but in terms of the world changing. You know, do you think that people are changing or do you think that they're still more concerned with just regular humanity? Well, um, I didn't quit my job to become more spiritual. I want to make that very clear. I've always been the same person. What I've just decided to do is how I decided to get paid. You know, like what I was going to do for a living wasn't going to be serving drinks to people. Okay, now here's my opinion, okay? The people who really need help aren't the people at church. Okay? They're the ones who are going to the bars. And when you say escape, I don't see that. I see them coming in there and they drink so that they can feel something. See, most people have taken their beautiful love in them and stuffed it way down so deep. That that's the only way that they can get to it anymore. Okay, They've got to numb out their ego so they can feel their heart because the ego reigns supreme down here. Do I see people waking up faster? Yeah, I do. Okay, It's pretty undeniable right now, actually. I mean, there are more people who are... I mean, everything from eating healthier food to being kinder to animals to trying to go green with their power. So, yes, people are waking up. Do I think we're going to do it this time around? Honestly, yeah, I do. Because enough is enough. And I think people finally get that. It's time to, you know, it's time to make your stand. I'm definitely a person who believes in reincarnation. Um, I think a lot of us have been coming back here over and over and over again to just try to get it all right together. Okay? I mean... The biggest, greatest universal truth is that only love is real. Okay? It's really just that simple. Now, are there a lot of other things you can experience that deviate from that? Sure. Okay, that's all. I just want to feel that. I want to feel love. Look at something and appreciate it. That's all. Okay, we have to give your website and your contact details, Clayton, because there's no doubt that people will most certainly want to get hold of you and to get hold of those wonderful meditations. So how do they do that? You can find my meditations at my website. It's miraclecollective.com. Um, they're all there as well as all my other services. You can email me at uh, clayton.tanner77 at gmail.com. That's actually my direct line. And uh, yeah, feel free to contact me anytime. Here to help. All right. Thank you for coming on the show today. It was a pleasure. That was wonderful. Yes, yes, yes. And indeed, Clayton, we will have you back at some future time because we do want to hear more about the ongoing development of those meditations. I myself am fascinated by the very concept of them because I come from the, the Eastern Indian school of the Vedic meditations and the mantra and all of that. And to me, it always was about you know going inside and being quiet and silent and all of that. And uh, I'm attracted by the outward active proactive approach that you're taking and i think that's absolutely wonderful so we will certainly have you back in the future but until then we do have to draw to a close and we thank you so much for coming in we really appreciate it yes miraclecollective.com you have been listening to angel rose and ahanu on world of empowerment radio your station for practical spirituality in a changing world